0: You are listening to the Co-Production Podcast brought to you by Cine Europa and Eurimage in collaboration with the Berlinale Co-Production Market. I am Domenico Laporta and I'm the editor of Cine Europa, your number one resource for European industry content published daily in four languages. Cine Europa is supported by Creative Europe and you can always access our content for free at cineropa.org. Today we are discussing the co-production of a film that has just been selected in the main competition of the Cannes Film Festival 2021. I'm talking about Compartment Number 6, directed by Uo Kosmanen, a co-production between Finland, Germany, Estonia and Russia. I'm welcoming the four co-producers of the film today. It's a great pleasure to have you with us uh, for this uh, co-production podcast. And I will ask you to introduce yourself and your production company, starting with you, you, see. Not that I wouldn't go with the ladies first, but you are the majority co-producer of the film.
1: I'm Jussi Rantamäki. I'm the CEO and owner of Amu Film Company, based in, in Helsinki in Finland. And um, I work in long-term relationship with four directors we usually start from short films and uh, then move on to feature length and uh, international features and kind of build up their career from the from the very early stages and uh, develop their artistry and, and their talent. And um, I've produced films such as The Happiest Day in the Life of Olli Maki," which won the pre-uncertain regard uh, a couple of years ago, directed also by Juho Kosmanen. And um, during the past year, we've premiered uh, film Fucking With Nobody in Venice and Any Day Now uh, in Berlin. So so it's it's been a great year for us and for for my core talent.
0: Next up, we have Yamila from Achtung Panda in Germany. Welcome.
1: Hello,
2: my name is Yamila Wenske. Uh, I'm the CEO and producer of Achtung Panda. We are based in Berlin and in Baden-Württemberg. I have a team of uh three other collaborators with me. It's Melanie Bloxdorf, producer and a junior producer and green shooting consultant Fabian Linda. Um We are basically uh, co-producing international uh, films such as Compartment Number 6 or in the past with UC and Amo film also uh, The Happiest Day in the Life of Olimaki.
0: Thank you, Yamila. Uh, Rina, it's your turn. You're representing Amrian in Estonia.
3: Hello, my name is Rina Sinlos, and uh, I'm also producer and CEO and owner of the company, and uh, being in the business um, over 20 years now, and uh, produced also like 20 feature films and also documentaries and short films, and including also animation, uh, long feature films. So uh, we have um, worked a lot internationally because Estonia is a small country. And if you want to produce more ambitious films, then you have to go out. And I've been very lucky to have fantastic uh, people uh, working uh, on different productions. And uh, our latest uh, feature film was by a uh, debut by Monica "A uh, Little Comrade, uh, which was very successful in festivals and, and also domestically. So uh, I'll be working also with uh, a pool of directors. Uh, We very much look into developing their careers and having uh, uh, strategies built up uh, on their talent
4: and and possibilities.
0: Thank you. And also with us today, we are welcoming Natalia from CTB in Russia.
4: I'm Natalia Drosta. I'm a producer of CTB Film Company, which is based both uh, both in Moscow and in St. Petersburg. I'm personally in St. Petersburg. I've been working for the company for 20 years. Now I'm finishing my projects at this company. And this one, compartment number six, is one of the projects that I'm completing at CTV Film Company. Uh, within this CTV Film Company, I was mainly uh, focused on international cop productions And one of my films is, for example, "Arrhythmia" by Boris Klebnikov, which recently was awarded, it was, I think, in December last year, was awarded by Marsh prize. And uh, also, I founded last year my own company and uh, my project there, uh, which is called Dandela Nectar. We're doing it now together with UC, and it got a uh again recently, like two weeks ago, as the only Russian project awarded at all.
0: First of all, Congratulations again for the selection in Cannes. That's uh, that's great news. We're less than a week from discovering the film. At least the people that will attend the festival will discover the film. But can you tell us a little bit about the story of the film without spoiling it too much uh, because nobody has seen that film yet?
1: Compartment number six is a story about Laura, a Finnish woman who is studying in the University of Moscow and she decides to escape this enigmatic love affair of hers and uh, hops on a train towards the Arctic port of Murmansk. And in the train, she is forced to uh, share a compartment, uh, a tiny cabin, compartment number six, obviously, with, um, with a rough uh, Russian construction worker, a miner. And uh, this uh, unexpected con- encounter of these two, who kind of at first glance seem as the Opposites um, forces both of them to uh, to face their own uh, yearning for human connection.
0: The film was part of the Berlinale co-production market. Were you all involved in the project at the time or is it uh, where you guys met?
3: It all started like uh, 10 years ago uh, when uh, I was searching for the rights of Rosa Lixem, the novel uh, which inspired uh, the script and the whole story. So I was starting to look for the rights, and eventually the writer, Rosa Lixam, uh, had seen uh, Juho's uh, first short film, Painting Sellers, and uh, she was thinking that if uh, somebody could make a film out of that, it would be only Juho. And then uh, I met UC at the ABIT training program in two thousand thirteen, when he was uh, attending uh, with Oily Maggie's project, you know, the training, and uh, and we started to talk, and and then you know all the things suddenly you know uh, uh, ticked to the boxes, and and we started to work, and it took some time because they were working also on Oily Maggie, and uh, and then I suggested that. Um, the, the previous writer of uh, Oile Maggie was starting his career like a director, and then we uh, thought that why not? Maybe we try that. I have fantastic scriptwriters from Estonia I'm working constantly with, uh, Andres uh, uh, Peltmanis and Livia Ullman, and uh, I, I, I just suggested that maybe they could write a script uh, for this film. So we started quite early, and then also I... Uh, you know, proposed Natalia, who I worked before, also co-producing uh, feature films, that uh, she maybe could help us because the action takes place in Russia, and of course, it's uh, I think uh, extremely important to have uh, a good producer in that sense, uh, experienced and well-connected and uh, uh, company. So uh, we started to meet. Khan every year i think so we had a meeting so until the moment came and uh, we all met like uh, teams uh, also like creative teams and and we had the kind of si- same energy same vision and we were very happy to start working on the script
0: so the project took some time to develop uh, did you have any funding money for the development of the script maybe in germany or in estonia or in finland or in russia i don't know
3: we had development support in Estonia and also in Finland, but uh, uh, really I was very happy because uh, this project uh, came, became part of uh, slate funding, also from Creative Europe, and also uh, we got support from Estonian Film Institute for the development and also from cultural endowment. So it was like fully covered from Estonian side, and also see uh, got uh, support from uh, Finnish uh, Film uh, Foundation.
1: And what is
0: the budget of the film?
1: or let's say like a bit less than 2.4.
0: And the part of uh, Eurimage in the project, because you also applied and uh, got the money, uh, the grant from Eurimage?
1: 280,000.
0: What were the main challenges uh, for this film? Because we know it's a special time. Uh, The film was, I guess, uh, was it shot during the pandemic?
4: For sure, the, the very last scene, which was supposed to be the first, well, it's the first, it's the opening scene of the film, and um, it sh- it had to be uh, a shot in, in Moscow. It was finally shot in St Petersburg because we we were back from 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 the north, and then every everybody in Estonia and in Finland they they were already in lockdown. In Russia, the lockdown started like two weeks later, but it it was like march 24th 25th and the the lockdown started even in russia so we decided to make the last scene like kind of a guerrilla film so we just invited friends of ours um and uh, made a small party in an apartment of a friend of us in st petersburg and um, made the scene with no lights almost and just really very very tiny shooting and now it's the opening scene in the film so this is, and on the, on the last day, the, or yeah, the day after all cruise, they went in different directions. And for our one of our actresses who, who lives in Paris, that was the very last flight from Moscow to Paris uh, that time. So we were very lucky.
1: We were constantly in, in contact with the, with the border officials and kind of uh, trying to say that they are so far up north that uh, it will take time to, to reach the border and uh, and they they believed for some time and at some point they said but now you really <laughs> if you want to if you want to cross the border you really have to come now so it was kind of kind of uh, Chekovian story that you know everyone is supposed to go to Moscow. Uh, in the end of the shoot, and we're talking about going to Moscow, but we never really end up there.
0: yeah, well it 's also a film about travelling, so I guess uh, you were in topic uh, with this kind of of constraints. Um, i haven't seen the film yet, but um, I guess a lot of it is shot in an actual train, or was it a studio How, how did you decide it to uh, to to settle for the setting of the film?
1: We wanted to shoot it a lot in a in a moving moving train and that was also i think like also budget wise and uh, regarding the production kind of the the biggest issue because it was really difficult to to get the actual price beforehand uh how much it costs
4: because it was a real train so we had to get the schedule like the day before it it also it, it actually happened so because they are like you know the schedule of the russian railroads they are like changing every time <laughs> so we didn't know exactly what will be the schedule for the next day so it was quite challenging
0: practically speaking how did you do it i mean the the, the set was uh was arranged with uh, or you shot it with natural light and and you had every day to to move your team or was it the same um uh compartment that you kept uh, for the the whole shooting
4: well, we had two wagons. In one, we shot, and the other was for the crew. And it was like you know, um, attached to a real train and deattached and then attached again.
1: And partly it was it was shot in the uh, in in this kind of railroad circuit in in Saint Petersburg, but then also for the scenes where we needed to have like uh, Arctic scenery through the windows, were shot further up north, and. Uh, of course when it is set up well that the train is actually moving then kind of a uh, in later parts of the film you can actually also uh shoot while the while the train is standing um, on one place and as a viewer you don't really question it that much
0: and did you use any any model uh, of other films that were shot in those conditions because it's quite uh yeah, it's not uh, an habitual uh, way of shooting. Or what, did you go with your own instinct and your own preparation for
1: everything? Of course, we watched all possible uh, train films, at least Juho and the, and the DOP. J.P. Um, watched all possible train films that they could, could get their hands on. Uh, but it's I think it's, it's so much part of Juho's style is this... Uh, 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 naturality and real environment. It's it's not only how it looks on screen, but it's also to to have the actors actually in a train. And you know when they're watching through the window, that they actually see a scenery that they don't have to uh, a- act in front of a green screen. That uh, that they are seeing something. So it's uh, uh, it's not only visual. It's kind of the the whole atmosphere of the of the whole crew. That the, that the whole crew is also doing a train trip and uh, and moving like uh, slowly. From Moscow to the to the north, while shooting.
0: When was the film completed?
1: Shooting was completed in in March, and uh, the post production was completed in in January.
0: And you you already secured a sales agent at the time, or did it come after uh, the cancellation?
1: We had Totem on board early on. Uh, Berenice van Sant was was also the sales agent for for Olly in a different company back then but she uh she had her own company and we continued working with her so so it's a, a longer collaboration like like i have with the directors i also try to find the 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 right people to surround them and also work in, in long-term relationship with them so so we had totem on on board for for also for, for a couple of years
0: so I understand the shooting happened in Russia, uh, but what did each country bring uh, to, the, to the table? Um, so most of the technical team, I mean, the artistic team, I guess, was uh, from Finland. Uh, where did you do the post-production? Can you tell us, each one of you, how did you dispatch the work on the film?
3: Well, from Estonian side, uh, we had on board, of course, scriptwriters, uh, but then also we uh, had a first AD. Uh, working with Joho, and I'm very happy for that also. Uh, and then, costume designer, uh, then makeup, and uh, some technical uh, people also involved in the process.
0: And what about Germany?
3: Germany
2: came in quite late. I mean, we had from very early on uh, the art collaboration attached, but then we also applied for a local fund, Medium Board, Berlin Brandenburg, and received a grant. Um, and with that money, we uh, did the post-production sound and picture post-production at Rotorfilm in Babelsberg, which is a, quite a famous place um, in the film world. And um, yeah, it was our part of the contribution.
0: And I understand that the money from Eurimage came late, as it is usually the case. You apply to Eurimage at last. Can you tell us uh, what difference uh, did it make for the film? So what would have been the film without it? And uh, what did that money brought to the quality of the film?
1: I think it gave us the chance to um, to really take this risk with the moving tray. I think probably without Eurimage, without um, we would have had to uh, to settle for for something less or or do more of a of like a smaller studio shoot or or i don't know what because for us it always felt like the only option to do it in a, in a moving train but the, mm, with urimar's uh, coming on board, we really had the possibility to to t- take take this risk, risk even though we didn't have like numbers how much how much would it cost us
0: so, Yussi, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Juho's specific style? How did he work on this project? And were there specific things uh, that uh, you have to say about the director?
1: Well, I think in the end, it, uh, the film uh, looks like like all of Juho's films. It looks a lot, lot like Juho and feels like Juho. And Juho is an uh, exceptionally uh, sincere and, uh, and warm character. You know? mm Everyone likes him if they have a chance to meet him. <laughs> and his, his films are that. His films are like that. They are very humane uh, uh, and very warm uh, and very precise with their emotions.
0: And Juho doesn't shoot in digital, he shoots on film?
1: We've shot all of Juho's uh, films on film. Yes, yes. This was uh, shot with a 35mm film and it's... Uh, he really likes to shoot on film but it's also about the about the kind of the 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 feeling of the, of the period i mean ollie mackie was also shot in in uh, black and white reversal 16 millimeter film which was like a um, like a news format in the in the 60s and the film takes place uh in in the in the in the, in the 50s and uh um, so it was also with 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 ollie, with with compartment number six it's it's the same thing. We did tests on the material, and we kind of uh, tried to find the best solution to uh, to find this texture of, uh, of of the 90s for the for this for this certain piece of cinema.
0: And you have the chance to premiere in a physical festival. and Not a lot of films had that chance uh, lately, so it feels like the film will have, I would say, a normal career. Like it's supposed to happen, but there are still problems in terms of distribution uh, and more. Um, what is your sentiment towards that? Uh, what is the strategy uh, for the release of the film?
1: Well, originally, I mean, our our goals, our goal, or let's say that all our our, our eggs have been in one basket for for getting getting into Cannes competition because the previous film of the director won the, the Prix uncertain regard. So. Uh, so I think for the last half a year we've been concentrating on on doing the best possible strategy to reach this stage. Mm. And in Finland, well, the last if if we take out Kaurismäki films, I think the last Finnish film in Cannes competition was like maybe like forty five years ago or something like that. So it's like really a big big thing uh, in Finland. And also the the novel uh, won the most prestigious. Prize, Finlandia Prize um, quite many years ago, but but still, so there already is an audience uh, based on the on the on the novel, and then with the kind of the the quality film stamp of of can I, I hope we will we will, we will reach a, a broad audience.
0: And Rina, you were mentioning that you you were also aware of the novel, so it got translated in a few languages. So what what um, what is your strategy with that film in Estonia?
3: Well, yes. Uh, when we started to work on the script, uh, it was translated already in, uh, to Estonian language and uh, also to Russian language. So we're already working, you know, all together, we knew that this uh, the novel has uh, come out. And as uh, Olly Maki, the previous film of uh, you, was very well received also in Estonia, I think that... Um, This also gives us uh, a chance to connect also. Uh, We'll probably maybe uh, try to republish the film. And also, by the way, we had an idea, you see, if you remember, to to have the new edition of the novel together with the script. Uh, So we don't know if we were able to do that. But uh, then to market it uh, on a broader scale on on different uh, platforms, and uh, we intend to uh, bring it out, you know, in in autumn. Uh, We've set uh, a date, but I am not one hundred percent sure still because uh, cinemas are operating and people are slowly, slowly coming back uh, to cinema theaters. But we see what happens uh, during uh, autumn now. So the third wave is coming anyway. So we have to deal with that in some way.
4: What about Russia? In Russia, we have a distributor attached already. It's Sony, and we have the date of release. Uh, it should be October twenty-eighth, so right before the Finnish premiere, <laughs> one day before the Finnish premiere. Uh, yeah, and we recently talked to the distributors. They they are very positive. They think that it's going to be like three to four. 100 uh, screens in Russia. So they, 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 it's, it's a quite a good number for an house film by a Finnish director.
0: And we still don't know if the film wins something. So maybe that can also influence the distribution. No? We're crossing fingers, but uh, that certainly has an impact. Uh, what about you, Yamila? What can you tell us about Germany?
2: We are not so lucky as my fellow co-producers here because uh, German distribution is really down or was down. Cinemas just opened a couple of days ago. And, of course, the audience is longing for cinematic experience. And numbers, like admission numbers, are super high. um, But, of course, we also have, like, a battle of uh, releases in the next few months. So we are still looking for the right distributor in Germany. And this is a call for all of them who are interested to (laughs) join the party here.
3: And uh, what I want to emphasize is also that about uh, compartment number six, that uh, I think me personally and we all are very extremely happy that we had a possibility to work together. It was uh, extremely difficult uh, shooting, uh, very demanding in uh, technical and also in terms of weather conditions, etc. And uh, And, um, It was really pure joy from the first moment. So I very much hope that uh, we will be able to co-produce in the future a lot of interesting and challenging and uh, (laughs) rewarding films.
0: It's also nice to see that you guys have formed a collaboration that is going on and that will span most probably over several projects. That's also the magic of co-production in Europe, but also outside of Europe because Russia is also part of this project. And uh, and that's great to extend the boundaries of our uh, limited co-production space. Thank you very much for being a guest of this co-production podcast today. It's time to wrap this up. I will wish you all the best. For the CAN competition, it's uh, coming up. There's a lot of competition, but that's also very exciting to be sitting next to all those wonderful uh, projects. So you see Yamila, Rina, Natalia, thank you. I want to remind the people listening to this that there are other episodes of the Co-Production podcast and you can always find them by subscribing to Apple Music, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast platform out there. The episodes are also available on cineropa.org. See you next time. Keep making films and we'll keep watching them. Bye-bye.